0: This is Tom Lee, Editor-in-Chief of Any Catalyst, and I'm talking with Christina Fries-Decker, everyone calls her Tina, uh, who is now just over a year into a role as President and CEO of Spectrum Health System, the Michigan-based integrated delivery system. Spectrum Health is a big system that's getting bigger. Uh, It's got 4,200 physicians, 14 hospitals, a health plan with nearly a million members. Tina isn't actually a newcomer to Spectrum. She's been working there for 16 years, and I met her about five years ago when she was Chief Strategy Officer. We had a lot to talk about because Spectrum was evolving rapidly, like most of healthcare, and I was impressed with her vision, which is why I've sought her insights for NGM Catalyst in the past. Following her work from afar, I've been seeing that just as healthcare organizations are evolving, so is the role of the CEO. Tina's part of a new breed and the work that she's doing is different from that of CEOs a decade or generation ago, and so I thought that having her discuss that with us today would be interesting and useful. So, Tina, I know that your job is much more than running a group of hospitals today, but can you give the high-level summary of what Spectrum Health currently is?
1: Tom, So great to talk to you again today. It's been an incredible first year as CEO and I continue to be uh, proud of our organization. We have 30,000 people here who are committed to improving health, inspiring health, and saving lives. And you described our system very well. You know, with, uh, we're much more than hospitals, although we have 14. We also have a robust medical group and then um, about equal number of physicians on our medical staff, totaling 4,000. And we have nearly a million members on our health plan. And so what that offers is that we can provide a complete, coordinated, and unified system of health and health care that encompasses specialized treatment, wellness, and prevention. We are continuing to experiment with new models of care and to coverage and deploying innovation across our organization to coordinate those services and become more simple, affordable, and exceptional. The results being that our consumers receive the entire scope of support they need to live healthier lives.
0: Well, so now we get to the good stuff, how we take, you know, rhetoric and turn it into reality. Uh, You've got all the pieces of what could and should constitute an integrated delivery system, but integration's hard. I mean, how is that integration work going? Can you give us some examples of how the whole is becoming more than the sum of its parts?
1: Let me give you a few examples. As you said, working together is hard, but we find that it really delivers greater value by coming together and collaborating on some unique ways that only we can do because we're an integrated system. One example is transparency. In healthcare, there's always been this cloak of secrecy, and people didn't have visibility to their doctor's notes or how much costs were or what was going on. We have consistently been focused on opening up those doors and ensuring that people can see the information and have it create well-informed choices. For example, our cost estimator tool has saved millions in healthcare costs because people are able to shop and find the lowest priced, lowest cost service. Now, one reason that we were able to launch our transparency tool is because the delivery arm of our organization was supportive of that transparency tool, allowed the health plan to be bullish and truly lead in the way in providing transparency to its members. The delivery side continues to open up its books with open notes, with the lab and imaging results posted almost immediately, and sometimes patients see it before they even leave the ER. And so it really is helping us drive it forward. We're also really focused on the data and sharing some of those lessons learned from the data, whether it's prescriptive analytics or artificial intelligence. And a couple projects we're working on right now is using those prescriptive analytics to identify who might be most likely to have an acute incident, and then working as a team to stabilize their health. And then taking that information and saying, what is the most successful intervention when patients or members are faced with, with that um, potential incident, and so we're bringing that back in to apply it for best practices and uh, ensure that we're providing the right care in the right time at the right place. And the last example I want to share is one most recently where we're really focused on how do we reduce the cost of care. So together, the health plan and the delivery system are aligning our guidelines and our pathways. Because as we can really rely and trust on each other, we can actually reduce or eliminate the prior authorization uh, that exists throughout the system. So we recently changed or removed the prior authorization in just one day because we figured out that we could incent using a generic that cost about $900 less than the traditional drug. That's the power of being an integrated health system so we can get information right away in the morning and make changes about it later in the day, and ensure that we're providing the right care in the right time.
0: Those are good examples. I mean, the transparency part shows that you know, you've decided that there's a certain value that you're going to have that you know, patients, members should be able to see what's going on and understand it, and you're making that characterize the whole system. Uh, you're making decisions that simplify things, using your system those are examples of the whole becoming more than the sum of its parts now you know moving to the payer side i mean frankly when i first learned a spectrum i wasn't aware that you had a health plan and then i found out that it was pretty big and getting bigger um one of the things that you've pointed out to me is that The health plan side grows rapidly and can even become the majority of revenue in a payer-provider organization, whereas the provider part might still think it's the dominant part of the system. Um, How does your rapidly growing payer side change how the organization works and thinks and feels? How does it change your governance and your strategy?
1: Well, we are always paying attention to the balance that between a payer and a provider. We will be called a provider-sponsored health plan, and we continue to strive to be always a provider-friendly plan as well. And I think that's really important, because the, the focus is that we want to ensure people get the right care at the right time, at the right place, and the right cost. And so all of our conversations are about that care. And as a payer or a provider, they have different ways to provide that, but we really center on that mission and that focus on what we're trying to achieve. So I have a couple of examples that I can share with you. One of them is we pride ourselves on being that provider friendly and focused on providers of uh, the health plan. And so what we do is we try to make sure that we spend as little as possible on the administrative cost of delivering that plan. So 90% of the dollars that are spent on your premium go to the actual care you receive. This is quite unique when it comes to health plans. So if you think about that, health care is a dollar. $0.10 cents goes to administrative costs, and that's inclusive of our margin for the health plan. And that means that the remaining $0.90 cents goes to physicians, other caregivers, and hospitals for your care. Now that's in contrast to other a health plan where the administrative costs are much higher than that, and it's going to the operations as well as the care. So we think that's really important. As we think about that, that central idea comes into this governance and strategic perspective because we have to make sure we're balancing the needs of the consumer in every aspect from a payer perspective and a care perspective. And it really comes forward when it gets to the affordability question. Uh, because we do want to make sure we have high quality, but we also need to ensure that the care can be afforded. And we see health insurance costs and health care costs continuing to rise. One example of that that we wrestle with is that we, as a health plan, offer reward cards. So you get a reward card if you shop for services and if you choose the low-cost provider. And as you can imagine, sometimes that isn't the delivery side. So that does create um, tense conversations between our team about what are we doing and how does it move forward. But as we look at it from an environment perspective, a whole ecosystem, uh, other health plans will be offering these reward cards. This is not going to go away. And so the beauty of being this integrated system and having these tense conversations allows us to have them internally and figure out what our strategy is so that we can really deliver the best care
0: and coverage for the consumers. I'm impressed that you talked about so many different kinds of work, uh, compared to the old days where a CEO might have been basically looking out for their hospital. You clearly have multiple stakeholders, multiple customers to, and, and, and goals in mind. So how are you approaching the complexity of the job of being CEO of Spectrum Health?
1: Well, Tom, we're we're at an inflection point in the history of healthcare, one where we will change the course of how people experience, uh, how they connect, and how they receive health services. So every day I draw on my prior experiences, but I also realize that we have to create those new ones and we have to start challenging the status quo. So for me, we've taken an approach of being very transparent and approachable and being courageous because we will need to make bold moves. One of the first bold moves that I did was remove a door within our system office, literally, because I wanted to send a message to the organization that we were going to change the way we operate. Uh, We needed to be better partners, we needed to collaborate, we needed to work across the aisle to make sure we're doing the best possible approach for our patients and our members. I've made rounding a top priority, both in clinical sites and in administrative offices and really getting out to communicate our messages about our mission and our vision and where we're going. Because it's not just me talking about our mission and vision and direction. I want all 30,000 people to have that rallying cry around us. And that was one of the ahas that I had. We needed a rallying cry that was so lofty and ambitious that every person on our team would be able to carry it forward so that we could be successful with implementing it. We created a really inclusive process for our mission and vision and values development. Again, I didn't want something to sit on the shelf and us to reference it once a year. I wanted something to be living and breathing and to be part of our day-to-day. So we created a process where we had 6,000 pieces of input from consumers and employers uh, board members, physicians, and employees to help us craft what this new vision and, and where we would go in the next decade for the organization. So I'm really proud of what we came up with. We created a, a new mission. I didn't intend to create a new mission, but it, it, uh, in part of the conversation, we said, yes, we, we should really define and refine why we exist. And so we added to our previous mission, and now it is to improve health, inspire hope, and save lives. And then we create a vision statement that was more about who we're serving than about us. And it is personalized health made simple, affordable, and exceptional. And that's a very ambitious goal for us, but I strongly believe that that is where we need to go to evolve and transform health care. And then to do all of this, we need to have the culture that embraces these ambitious goals. And so we chose four, Chris, values, and they all start with C. Compassion, because we're in healthcare, you have to have heart and you have to care about others. Uh, Collaboration, as I've talked about before, it's essential. We need to work together. Not one of us can do all this work. Curiosity, uh, we need to continue to be innovative and listen and learn and uh, ask a lot of questions, and then we have to have courage because transforming healthcare will require a significant bold move as we go forward. And um, this is where I think we, we really base the vision on. So I'm really excited about this. It is a different type of working, but healthcare is the conversation. No matter who you are or where you are, everyone is talking about it. And this definition of healthcare has changed, so we need to step up to the plate and talk about how we'll do it differently. So our focus is on our vision and our culture, and that is what will position us well as the conversation continues around healthcare.
0: Well, I can definitely see the influence of your strategy background uh, in what you describe. I mean, uh, you, you're bringing order to the chaos in part through clarity on who the customer is. So you're, you're trying to improve the health. Of our patients, our members, and so that clarity and orientation you know comes through in what you were describing. Now, the work of culture change, though, it's hard. Uh, and so how's that going? How are you approaching that in your first year as CEO? Yeah,
1: I approach it candidly,, um, passionately, aggressively, also with vulnerability and addressing fear. I wish the culture change was easy and that it, it could be done quickly but we all know that it is a continuous effort to evolve the culture and I often think that it's not the end result, it's the journey that you go through and the ability to bring people along about where we're going is, is really what's so energizing and exciting. I am encouraged every day by the small signals that tell me that we are making progress and seeing some of the status quo slip away. I, I think part of the challenge is we need to discuss tough topics and really get at the heart of what matters. And so we're doing that with my senior leadership team, and they're, again, sharing it with others. But they also see that we're grappling with some issues that we've never had to grapple with before. And we're publicly sharing some of our experiments or, or failures you know, that gets to the vulnerability, showing that what is important is that we're trying to do these things, but then, and if we fail, we're getting right back up to make sure we're improving it and moving it forward. One of those examples that I'm very proud of is in our primary care area. We have asked them to challenge the status quo and think differently about how do we serve new patients, and they, with um, minimal changes and no new people, have increased access and have seen 7,500 new patients per month. And now it's over 20,000 new patients since it's only been going for the last few months. So it's just incredible, the excitement and the motivation when you allow people to experiment and try new things, to see what they can do um, with just their own curiosity
0: thanks so much for describing some of the things that you've been doing I can tell you I told one of my colleagues and friends that uh, about you taking off the door to your office and she said that if I did that they would put the door back up but put the lock on the outside so they could keep me in there if that ever happens to you I'll be quite surprised though so anyway thanks so much for sharing your progress I spectrum is becoming um, you know a system that people across the country are watching and i I know you're going to give us some good things to talk about in the years ahead.
1: Thank you, Tom. This is an exciting time. I am just so energized to marry our mission and our vision with our culture and have that be a differentiator and really make an impact to our community's health.